welcome to the inaugural Dalton and Alec podcast, hosted in Minnesota, home of the sad, sad Timberwolves. Here we are today. Uh, we've got a few fun topics. It's June 23rd, 2021, and it's the day after the lottery predictions have been decided. So with that, we're going to go over our top five uh, top five picks, where we think they're going to land, who they're going to be. We're going to give our finals predictions, and we're going to go over some Ben Simmons trade possibilities as well, because he's fucking gone. And while we're at it, we'll also spit out some hot takes and see what you think. So again, my name is Alec here, and over here is Dalton. Why don't you say hello to the fine folks out there? How's it going, everybody? It's Dalton. Um, we are a couple of youngins from Minnesota, and we're ready to give you our predictions here. So, starting out, Dalton, why don't you tell us who you think is going number one in the NBA draft? So, with number one, I think it's clear to everybody that Detroit is going to take Cade Cunningham. Uh, I, I have not yeah. seen or a scouting report or a mock draft that does not have Cade up there. Um. He, he's just the, the full package of a guard you get. Uh, going into college, people were very concerned about his shooting and whether cause he was very inconsistent when he first came in. And he this season, actually, he came up shooting 40% from three. I think he's – I didn't look at the number. I think he was taking about three to four shots a game, which is it's actually great for a rookie. So that the ability to um, improve is actually huge, yeah. I think. But um, a bunch of these – I mean, I was just going through all of his uh, pluses and minuses, and he had so many pluses. I was, <laughs> I was trying to find some negatives for this. Uh, I mean, a lot of it comes on the side of he's a high turnover rate or more more aggression on on offense, mm-hmm. but all those things come – I mean, I'm not for everybody, but I think yeah. as a number one pick, it just naturally – it's part of the progression of joining the NBA – and to your point, the I mean the high turnovers is probably just because he's controlling the ball so much. You know, he's such a dominant player. He's their leader. He you know looks like Luca out there already. He said on an interview that I saw that he's been watching Luca. That's who he's trying to model his game after. It's kind of funny hearing that with Luca only being a couple of years older, but I mean yeah, this guy is, looks incredible. There was questions about the three point shot. He came in and he had an answer for it. So, yeah, he, I agree with you on that. He's definitely going number one. And I'm happy for Detroit. You know, they lucky as hell, finally. They've never gotten the number one pick before. I, I mean, at least not in a long time, it sounded like. And now they finally got it. So good for them. They get, get it in a draft that everybody knows is one of the best in years. They get Cade Cunningham, who's going to be a star, an instant stud from day one. And he's going to throw some lobs to some fun guys out there in Detroit. Yeah, uh, that, that's, the hu- that's I think, the biggest thing coming out of college is his passing, actually. I mean, he averaged 3.5 assists, but that really doesn't tell how it was. Like, watching the pick and roll, uh, he it was perfect. Like, the, this guy's a pick and roll maestro, as 2K would say. <laughs> um, it, it's actually great. Uh, I was watching a ton of his highlights today, and it's... He's great, which which actually is the concern for the Pistons, because who who's going to be his pick and roll partner? I mean, Jeremy Grant's he's 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 great and all. Like he he's it was such a great signing for what his output twenty two million a year. 
Uh, that, and he, he'll, he's going to play great off of Cade. However, it's just... Uh, I mean, Mason Plumlee is not the perfect partner for pick and roll. So, I mean, the, and that's who... Who's the rookie that they just had? Isaiah Stewart would be a good one. Yeah, I, I mean, he was just so inconsistent with minutes. They were giving him some days he would start over Mason. I mean, Mason was out for a while, and that's when they really got to see that they have a good uh, good player there. But, I mean, well, we'll have to see because they're still paying Mason what? Nah, 11, 12. I mean, for another year or two. They like to play him, that's, so that's still minutes away from Isaiah. Huh? But we'll we'll see. Isaiah's uh, for the future, but I think we spent enough time talking about Cade. We all know he's going number one. I think the more intriguingness starts at number two. Uh, who do you got going here? So, I mean, I actually are, I, I argued with myself about this a lot, but I think it's going to be Evan Mobley. Uh, I think he's going to be a great fit, even though he's – not good at shooting, and he's not the most. I mean, right? I guess he, he is from three. Evan Mobley. Yeah. I have. Hold on. Evan Mobley did not shoot well from three. Really? He is. Where is he? Uh, he showed the ability to shoot. Oh, uh, he shot thirty percent from three. He he oh, made okay. point three, one point two each game, okay. which. I mean, it's the best. I mean, it, it, it's good enough. You, you can ask. All you can ask is a shoot, uh, center to shoot, and mm-hmm. that's fine. All right. Especially that, but that brings me to why he's such a great fit into Christian Wood right next to him. Christian, Christian's just, just a great, great point point to just play the four next to him. I mean, he's six ten. He's a little oversized for that, but. But uh, he played it, and that's where he came out. Um, he's a three-point shooter. He's 37% from three, 1.9 in game, uh, five shots. Yeah, C- Christian Wood's going to be a great fit. And Kevin Porter. Yeah, I love Christian Wood. I, I, th- I think that's where it'll end up. he'll end up. I know that a lot of people are eyeing Suggs or other point guards or Jalen Green here, but I think they're they're set with uh, was it Jay Sean Tate and uh, KPJ. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm going to go different than you on this one. Uh, number two, I actually have Jalen Green. I think they're excited to to get a star player at guard to pair next to KPJ. I think Jay Sean Tate, Tate is cool. I don't think they're going to pass on uh, Jalen Green for him. I think in this instance, he's just the better player. He already was in an NBA-ready offense playing with the G League last year. He bet on himself. And he's so explosive, getting above the rim. He's, his footwork is so incredible. He's gets inc- so creative above the rim, and fin- finishing with contact isn't really a problem for him. And in his stats last year, 53% on two-pointers, eight shots per game there, and 36.5% on six threes per game. I like those numbers a lot. You know, 46% total on 14 shots. I like this guy where he's going to be just as a total bucket getter and being able to get something out of nothing whenever you need him to. So that's what you need. You need a modified star. I think Evan Mobley's going to be fucking awesome too. Um, but I think that you just go with the, you just go with the better player in this one, and that's Jalen Green. Right. I, I mean, I, I see. Uh, don't get me wrong. I... I I see the appeal of Green. I just think I just think the Rockets won't be able to pass up a, a center ta- talent like this. With I mean, Mobley is really 
there, you, after Mobley, there's not a, another center that's near him, and or big for that matter, I think. So I, I just don't think they're going to pass up Mobley for this. He's already already project. I think he's already better than James Wiseman, who was the second pick last year. And Wiseman was supposed to be a, a really nice center, so it's just I think it's just hard to pass up. But yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. But next up, um, at the third pick, who do you got? So this one is actually, it's a little. I I think a lot of, not a lot of people will have the third pick being Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, I think I do think from three to six or seven you could interchange any of those guys. I really do. I think though the Cavs are going here for position, as they already have a loaded backcourt. I I know I've heard the things that they're going to trade Colin Sexton. I'm tra- this. I'm thinking they're not going to trade Colin. Yeah. For the for just it's purely just so we can just talk about who they would draft and position wise, Kaminga could play the three or the four. Um, what I mean, he's a very project of a player. Uh, um, he's very inconsistent. I mean, he's not a shooter, which is mm-hmm. scary to put next to Jared Allen, right? He, I mean, twenty five percent from three. He took five threes a game and only made one point two. Um, that shot comes though. You're right, it comes, but I mean, some people it doesn't. He's going to be great if it does, is, is all I'm saying. I mean, that's a that's a great player. But at three, I actually have Evan Mobley. Um, it's seen that in my picks, I went Cade and Jalen before him. I think Cleveland would be so fucking happy to get the center of their future here. Um, Jared Allen, he's good, but you don't pass up on Evan Mobley because you have Jared Allen. And with that, they would have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton still at the guards and throwing oops up to Mobley. I think that's an exciting pairing. So that's who I got going at three. Yeah, I, I just see that as just a little more scary because, I mean, Mobley's seven. So are, are, is Allen supposed to play the power forward? You get rid of like, Allen. No There's no way you keep Allen if I, you draft Mobley. He was such a good pick. I, I, I see. I would just hate to see them, like, get rid of that value. Uh, of, of Allen. I think they see it the same way. The loss on investment, I get that, but do you pass up on a player who could be Chris Bosh because you got, you know, Jared Allen on your team? Yeah. I don't think so. I suppose. I, I mean, I guess on my list I have uh, Mobley going to anyway, so he's not even an option. But yeah, but yeah I, I mean, I see if, yeah, if Mobley's available. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if he's available, I, I see him taking it. Uh, I also see him, I mean, I said Kaminga, but uh, Jalen Green would be a huge option here as well. Yeah, I could honestly, I could see. I think it depends for the Cavs. I think they're going to take Mobley or Green depending on which one's there, which is a great position for the Cavs to be in because if if I were them, I'd be fucking happy with either one. I think Green fits them perfectly because they wouldn't even have to worry about getting rid of Jared Allen then, and they could keep all those other guys still. Maybe maybe trade Sexton, which would be fine because he. Because he got Jalen Green now. Yeah, I mean that if they got Jalen, that would essentially move. Uh, uh, who was there? Okoro. That would Okoro. move Okoro to the bench. I mean, he didn't have a great season, yeah. but you'd hate to give up on a guy with that that much potential in a second year. But again, you're gonna do it for Jalen Green, though. Right? Yeah, for <laughs> Jalen Green, I would do it too. Uh, it, some good defense Just, lineups. When you draft this high, you don't draft for fit. That's the problem, you know. I think normally, uh, I think this is a. I don't think this is a, that great of a 
the draft class isn't as good as, I guess, I, I mean, it's just kind of a cop-out to say it wasn't as good as, like, two or three years ago where it wasn't, where you got Donovan Mitchell and a lot, but, or, like, even Lonzo's draft. In retrospect. Yeah, that's retrospect. You're, you're, you're right. I just, I just don't get as excited about some of these prospects, uh, but I, I think Kaminga would be a great fit next to them, and move into that. But. Well, let's move on to number four. Uh, interestingly enough, the Toronto Raptors almost blew their tank job at the end of the season, but they still end up with the number four pick. So, oh, we're happy for them. They had to fucking get cucked all year around, all year round down in Tampa, and now they'll be back in their home country. So, we're happy for them, and with the fourth pick, I think they'll be fucking stoked to get Jalen Suggs. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I think it's I think it's Jalen Suggs that'll go to the Raptors. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean he's perfect. Uh, he's just he reminds me a lot of uh, Van Vliet anyway. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean a lot of the size and the defense wise. I mean Van Vliet's miles better at shooting, and Suggs really has to get better at shooting. He's that's one issue he had, but you could play either one at the point guard. They're yeah. both. They're both just pure. He's a great driver. He's a he's a winner and. He's got a great attitude. He hits huge shots. I mean, I love him. They're, they're going to lose Lowry, but be totally fine with that because you got Jalen Suggs coming in, and it just accelerates the rebuild that they were going to maybe have to do. Right. I mean, and you have great veteran. I mean, if they hold on to Kyle Lowry, what's the great, now, great veteran. Well, I mean, what was it like having CP3 that one year, which, yeah, it's granted. Kyle Lowry wants a long-term deal, though. Yeah, it he does. Be just one year, so you'd have to, you'd sign him knowing you're going to trade him. I, I, which I think both parties would be into, but I think they're just trying to find the right. It would take a while. Maybe you get half a season of Kyle Lowry uh, with Jalen Suggs behind him. I mean, I would take it if I was Jalen Suggs. Maybe, oh yeah, I mean Suggs will take any mentor, you know, mentorship he can get. He's got a lot of great guys. He'll be able to lean on over there. Right, but and, but Suggs Suggs reminds me a lot of. Uh, like Halliburton when people were talking yeah. about before the draft. And I feel like mm, and I feel like he, this he draft. Great. Yeah, I mean he looked great. He just wasn't drafted high for some reason. But so I, is it, yeah. I mean what did Bert Halliburton go? Seven? Se- seven. Yeah. Yeah, no. Eight? Seven or eight because Maybe it was eight, yeah, I think you're right. Something like that because I think top ten. But the Knicks had seven. Yeah, I mean there was I mean, obviously in a redraft he'd go top three. <laughs> yeah. Which but I, I don't see the Raptors missing missing out on the, another Halliburton. I think they're going to no, grab him if he's available. Now, with the fifth pick, we've got your Orlando Magic. Now, they had the time for best odds to get the first pick, right? And they slide, slid all the way back to five, which fucking sucks. But luckily, there's a lot of great players in this draft. And I got... At number five, an interesting one going. We'll see if you'll agree with this, but I think the Magic should take Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, why? Well, you don't agree with that one. <laughs> well, my, my, my draft just came out a lot different than yours already. So uh, He's an incredible facilitator. He rebounds really well for a guard. He had over seven a game. He kills it in the pick-and-roll game. Just great vision. I mean, you would just be so lucky to get a floor general like that on your team that could hopefully stay healthy and be at such a young age he's i think six eight that's a great size for a guard position i think i think that's your guy i mean he's definitely going to be there 
He was awesome over in Australia. And the dude's gorgeous. So he's got to bring in fans, got to bring them Orlando hotties to the stadium. So I see nothing wrong with this. I guess we do need a new gorgeous gorgeous guy now that uh, Aaron's gone. I think Aaron was the gorgeous guy for the for that long distance. No, uh, I, see, I have Green going here because I didn't have Green going in the top four. And, yeah. I mean, if Green falls to five, the Magic are taking. He's exactly what they want. Now, is it possible that you were biased and fit the four picks in front to make sure Jalen Green landed with the Orlando Magic? It's completely possible. <laughs> that, that that was definitely. It, it was. It came down to the Cavs, and I. I saw them taking Jalen Green, but I just didn't think they were going to take just a one-year flyer on Okoro. I thought, I thought, I think they were going to move forward with him. And I mean, Kaminga can. I think Kaminga can be better defensively than mm-hmm. Jalen Green, and that's why the Cavs would pick him. Because uh, Jalen Green, he's just. He, I mean, he's a great scorer. It's just consistency is this huge thing. Yeah. Um, defense. His defensive motor. They're just going to have to look. But on the Magic with. Uh, Carter, Bamba, I mean, Fultz is a solid defender. Uh, Cole's just a – Cole Anthony's just one of those guys. He's an effort. He, like, he, he'll try to play defense. So, I mean, he's, what, six feet, like six, <laughs> six feet, 5'11". He's, he's a short guy, so he can only do so much. But I think he's going to fit in great to that two or three guard they're trying to fill uh, with Jonathan, at the, Jonathan Isaac at the four. And they already have two centers that are competing for minutes. So I think the two and three is the open spot, and that's assuming – they don't play Cole over uh, at the two guard or over yeah. the, over Fultz at the one, which I think Fultz will be their starting point guard. So yeah, obviously Green would be perfect for the Orlando Magic. I just think the closer we get to the draft, um, you know, the clo- the more people stop paying attention to the playoffs and they start paying attention to these prospects. We're gonna realize Jalen Green is that guy. He's gonna go two or three. Kate Cunningham's going one, but. I, I just don't see Jalen Green being passed up by by four four teams. No, yeah, I, I mean I totally see that, and uh, I have a list of my honorable mentions of people that either could have made the list higher or the Magic could have picked up, like Mitchell. Mitchell, I mean Mitchell yeah, probably would have been a great fit. Yeah. He's a he's a really good shooter. Uh, there's Moses Moody, maybe not for the Magic, but for further up there, like it's possible the Raptors would have taken him or. I mean, really, we're not we're ta- yeah. we're talking three and below when we're talking about Moses Moody or Scotty Barnes is perfect. He's the ideal fit. If if Golden State keep their pick and he falls to seven, Scotty Scotty Barnes is the next Draymond Green that could. This is like a copy, just more ath- actually athletic. <laughs> not not at all. They'll just yeah, they'll probably just groom him into being their guy once Draymond's gone. Yep, and uh. The Orlando Magic would probably like to get Trey Mann. Uh, they love their Florida guys, their Florida, Florida State fellas, and he's a great shooter. And or Corey Kispert, he's a, he's probably the best shooter in the draft. Uh, I could see a lot of a lot of teams just seeing that value. I mean, if they're not trying to get a star, you might as well just get a good shooter, right? Yeah, that's I mean that's what people should start doing. That's what the Pistons did last year. They got Sadiq Bay. Ended up making first team all rookie, and he had an all NBA player week. He's a great shooter. Uh, that was a guy I wanted the Wolves to take. They ended up getting McDaniel's and Balmero instead. Uh, McDaniel's looked really good last year still, and I've got high hopes for Balmero. But I mean, yeah, I think taking shooting is always a great idea. But this is a great draft. There's a lot to be excited about. I love the draft. I, I always look forward to it. There's 
You know, it's just something about these fresh players coming in the league, giving these garbage shit franchises hope that I just, I just love it. You know, being a Timberwolves fan and you being a Magic fan, we have seen plenty yeah. of the lottery. Yeah, that's why uh, the uh, that Game of Zones episode is so, so perfect for that lottery. Have you seen it? It's, I haven't seen that. It's one. actually hilarious. You have to watch it. It's, it's so perfect. No, they didn't start making them. Uh, they actually ended it, but it was just this one episode. It's, it's my favorite episode of... Uh, of Game of Zones and it's just yeah. purely funny just because I've like my top two two favorite teams have been in the lottery it seems forever so yeah. it's good it is true but um, those were our top five picks we had Katie Cunningham Jalen Green Evan Mobley Jalen Suggs and Josh Giddy from my side and over on Dalton's side what were your picks again? I had uh, Cade, Mobley, Kaminga, Suggs, and Green. Yeah, so we'll see how they fall, but super excited. Let's move on to talking about our finals predictions. So four teams left at this point. The Clippers are in another 0-2 hole, but hey, they've come back twice now. Maybe they've got the Suns right where they want them. You've got the Bucks and um, the Hawks starting tonight, so that'll be a good series, hopefully. Who do you got? Well... So I'll I'll start in the in the West because they've they started first. Uh, I think it all depends on Kawhi Leonard's injury. Um, yeah. Uh, the Suns will get back CP3 before the end of the series, unless I mean it's possible. He's coming back game sweep. three. He's came, coming yeah, back yeah, game yeah, three already. Today. Okay. Well, he's already coming back, and it, it could have been a toss up if CP and Kawhi is out, but CP's coming back. The if Kawhi doesn't come back, this. Clippers don't have a chance. Uh, and it looks like Kawhi, I mean, they, they haven't released much. ESPN just updated it uh, yesterday, two days ago. Still just saying that it's just day-to-day. They're seeing how he's rehabbing his knee. Uh, at least it's not the ACL. I mean, I think it's something, Some I don't know. Muscles. Something to do with the ACL. Something to do with the ACL, but they think he can. They think he could return this season, this postseason still. But I, I think the Suns uh, are going to take them in in five. I, I think the uh, Paul George will rally together. I mean, Marcus Morris was already having issues this uh, actually before last game, and um, not, not enough people are contributing. Uh, it's it's hard to say. And even with I mean, we all forgot Serge Ibaka has been out this whole playoffs too. Yeah. They don't have the bigs to compete with Phoenix. That's the just a matter of fact. You know, Zubak is not good enough. Marcus Morris is banged up. He left game one hurt. And, you know, who do they have at big besides that? I guess, is Terrence Mann a big guy? He's, no, Terrence Mann's a guard. He's, he's a guard. guard. Yeah, he'll sit in for point guard. Yeah, so, you know, it's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. They're not they're not really matching up well. You got Chris Paul coming back, and... I, Kawhi Leonard is not going to come back this series, it looks like. So, yeah, the Suns are definitely winning that series. I agree with you. Five games, sure, I'll agree with that. That works for me. The, the, the Suns are just one of those franchises, though, that I, don't, I can't see anybody being mad that the Suns made the finals. It's, like, good for you. Like, when the Pistons got the first pick, I don't know anybody who was like, oh, fuck. I mean, the yeah, Pistons got, you know? two years ago, the Suns won 20 games. So they yeah. go from that to possibly being in the finals this year, and they took down LeBron and the Lakers. People still don't want to give him credit, you know. Freaking first take today on ESPN, they're saying, "Oh, all there's no good cities left in the in the NBA um, playoffs." Well, first of all, you got Los Angeles, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You, I thought you guys loved Los Angeles. Secondly, um, Phoenix is the fourth biggest city in the U.S. 
So I don't understand why people think they're a small market. It's like in the NBA, if you're not Boston, Golden State, the Lakers, Miami, um, I don't know, is there another one in there? Bulls. The, or the Bulls or the Knicks or the Nets. So like six teams, if you're not on them, we don't give a fuck about you. See, I think it's the winning culture that creates a big market. Uh, like Lakers, Celtics, Bulls. I, don't, I mean, you look at it like... So you got to get good, sift through the shit, yeah. and respect you eventually. Right, yeah. You, you have to create a winning culture, even if it's like, like the Bulls. There's nobody from the front office from the Michael Jordan era anymore, but people still think like the Bulls are a big market. But, I mean, it's possible. I mean, Anthony Davis... The last time, time the Bulls signed a free agent... Last time was probably that was Dwayne Wade, right? Oh God, yeah, the quality is corpse. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean that that was the last one, but that at the same time, like they weren't really weren't that good. I mean they were a playoff team. Yeah, they they were like a seventh or eighth seed when they signed Dwayne Wade, thinking that eighth seed. Yeah, because they had Rondo too. Yeah, yeah. That was the big super. I I remember that was supposed to be the super team, one of the next super teams was. Jimmy, Jimmy, Dwayne, and Rondo, except for two of them were old men. <laughs> they just signed up for life. For Anytime that year. you're trying to say you have a super team with Rondo, I mean, what are you talking about? You can't have a super team and say that's one of the faces of it unless he's averaging 20 points a game. It's got to be a bucket getter. You, know? you, don't, you don't think the Celtics were a super team with Paul Pierce? KG? He wasn't, Rondo wasn't the face of that. Um, of that uh, super team, it was KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. I guess I, I think I think what made a it player. a super team was Rondo, the combination of Rondo and Ray Allen were essentially made up that third star. Like if KG and Paul Pierce was the Harden and KD, not that they're anything, not that Paul Pierce is anything like KD or Harden, but if those were the top two, then. Uh, Ray Allen and Rondo combined to make that Kyrie Irving, I think, that, yeah. that value. That's uh, fair. But so who do you got coming out of the East? The East, I mean, I have the Bucks. Uh, I, I I just feel like whenever I say it, that the Bucks are going to make the finals, I feel like Trey Young and Atlanta Hawks are just going to make me look look stupid. Like, in, in a week's time, that, that they could be up 3-0 and I could be crying every night. I, I think... I think the Bucks should win five, f- five game into five games uh, playoffs. So four and one. They, I mean, the Hawks have no answer for Giannis. None. I mean, Capella, but at the same time, he got eaten up by Embiid. Yeah, you, you take you take out Capella. It's everyone else has a free lane, free lane. So I I can see them daring Giannis to shoot again, but. I mean, that's what they did in the Nets series, and he was able to get by them. He, he was able to figure out a way, whether it was uh, the two-man game with Middleton. They worked that out. He made timely shots with the Nets, not all the time, but he made enough where he punished them. Uh, and Drew Holiday, I think it'll be settled between Drew Holiday and Trey Young. I think that's what will make the series because um, he's not going to stop them, but... He's, it's not going to be easy shots. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons did the best job he could on uh, on Trey, but Trey got by it. I think Drew's just he has that vet ability. He he really gets under the skins, especially of young players. I mean, he did well enough against Harden when he played. He, he didn't guard Harden all the time, but he did well enough. 
Granted, Harden guarded. <laughs> it's mostly Harden's fault because it's the playoffs and he can't play. But I think he's going to get under Trey Young's skin enough to settle that. And I don't think there's a the second guy can't step up. John Collins, I don't think he, uh, he can. I don't think he can carry it. Gallinari, I think can't carry it. I think the defense will just be too good for both those. Yeah. No, I I agree. The Bucks are going to win this series. I. Disagree with you on how many they'll win it in. I think they could, the Hawks can maybe stretch it to six or seven just because the Bucks are so dumb. They make a lot of dumb mistakes, and I could see them throwing away a couple games here. I think you're right that the Bucks, they are far away the better team, and the Hawks shouldn't have an answer for them from them for Giannis, but you never know. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a fun series, and Trey Young will. Hopefully have some shit talking again, and that gets me excited. So, in the finals, we've both got Bucks and Suns. I'm gonna surprise you here and say the Suns are gonna win it all. Wow. I know uh, you've got the Bucks over there most likely, but I think this just feels like the Suns' year. DeAndre Ayton has been killing it. He's uber efficient now. He's getting tons of rebounds. Devin Booker has been a monster, and. They're getting CP3 back, and as long as he looks healthy, I think he's not going to let this opportunity slip through his fingers. And I just, you know, I think that they're going to beat the Bucks in the championship, and I think it'll probably be six or seven games. Well, okay. I mean, I also have them going to six or seven games. I, I have the Bucks taking them. Um, I just, I'm CP3. Uh, he was who I really, who I was hoping the Bucks would actually get. Yeah. So it's it's kind of kismet that we're going to see them in the finals. But I I mean when you think about when I think of Devin Booker, I would think who in the league would I want to guard Devin Booker? And I I still just come down to Drew. I don't think Drew will stop him. I just yeah. think it'll be super hard for him. And the, again, I don't think the, the Suns don't have an answer for Giannis. I mean they can build the wall they want. You think DeAndre is gonna help stop him? I I think he did a great job on an injured Anthony Davis in the Lakers. I don't think he. I mean, in this series, he hasn't really had that great of a matchup. I, he's not that great of a defensive player, nor is he versatile enough to guard Giannis. And I think if they if that's the route they do, I think they're just going to attack Aiden as they should. I mean, put him in the pick and roll. He's it's just not something he did. The two man game with Middleton. I don't yeah. think Aiden or I mean, who would guard Aiden? Uh, Miko. Probably McCole Bridges. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that's good enough for the for Middleton and um, Giannis. I think that'll be it. Just attacking Aiden. I think he's. They're gonna just show that all these comparisons to Shaq. <laughs> just, I mean, they're already just not. That's not fair. <laughs> but you know, uh, Jokic said that DeAndre Aiden gave him the most trouble this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I. He he's come a long way. I I think he's. I. At the end of the season, I will say he's the most underrated player in the in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton's the most underrated player in the NBA. Is that what I you think said? I think DeAndre Ayton is the most that underrated. True. Yes, it, <laughs> yes, it is because it, because it, it affects. That, that that's my hot take. No, because uh, it's his. It's the team. Even the Suns coaching, like he gets twelve shots a game. He does like. Uh, he doesn't get talked about. about. Oh, I, I feel, feel like the, the Suns in general are underrated. You know, the sports media, they want to instantly just say, well, they made it to the two seed because they traded for Chris Paul. But it's like, yeah, Devin Booker also got a lot better. DeAndre Ayton got a lot better. 
Bridges looked really good. They signed Jay Crowder. He had a nice season for them. Campaign, he came out of nowhere, and he's been awesome. Yeah. There's been a lot of reasons. And Monty Williams coming back after coaching CP3 back in the day and doing it again. And round two round two electric boogaloo. It's, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're right. He is really underrated, and he deserves a lot of credit for where they're at, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, if I had to rank the, the three reasons why the Suns are going to make it to the finals, one would be Monty Williams, yep. two CP3, and three is DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. How and his huge jump he's taken. I mean, it doesn't show it because what what did he average like? You had it. he's on your fantasy team. <laughs> what he average like seventeen points? Uh, I think it's less than that maybe, but you know, over over ten rebounds a game. He's a solid defender. He gets blocks and um, he's active. I mean, he he's really streaky. Like um, they'll really focus on him for a bit just throwing oops to him, doing the pick and roll with him, and then he'll get himself going with a rebound or a block on the other end, and it's like, damn, it's the DeAndre Aiden show all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, suddenly this season, he's just not, uh, he's turned into a, I think... The player they want him to be. Yeah. They expect him to be. Yeah, he's fit, he's fit the perfect role for them. They, they don't need a Jokic or a Bam Adebayo type passing from a center, like they have Booker. They have everyone who can yeah. move the ball. They see a guy who can rock it in the pick and roll, make some shots down low, and be efficient. And fuck, has he been efficient? Yeah. So I think, I think the Suns could do it. I think obviously there's a possibility. I haven't, I haven't gone to seven games. Not because I don't think the Suns can do it, because I think they could. It should be, it should be a fun series. I think after all the injuries and the complaining and bitching from people about, you know, who's still in the playoffs, this is going to be a really awesome series, and I'm excited. To finally see both these teams have a chance at in their first championship, or I mean the Bucks have one, but it's been forever, right? Yeah, it's been since the seven seventy one, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, I mean, yep. And the Hawks have one, but that was in the fifties, and that was when they played in St. Louis. Yeah. So. And you know, maybe it maybe it helps revitalize some interest in Milwaukee too. I mean, obviously, Milwaukee's gotten a lot more interest in basketball recently just because of how good they've become, but. A championship makes that even bigger. I yeah. I see a lot more Bucks fans walking around the old stomping grounds. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And I, I actually think the way this these final four have come out, I think this is great for the NBA. Like all four small markets. I mean, what? Yeah, the I mean, media with the exception of, small of the Clippers being in LA, but they're not really like. I think they'll be. They're, they're not small market. Fuck you for that. Never mind. <laughs> I think they're they're a small market until they win. Until they'll start winning. They're I mean, not small market. They signed Kawhi. Kawhi and Paul George get to just decide they want to go there because it's LA. Yeah. They wouldn't have done that to Orlando, and you know it. LA, LA adjacent. Yeah. 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 Well. But I think it's. Why don't people do it to Sacramento? Come on, we need some stars in Sacramento for fuck's sake. Well, they got De'Aaron. <laughs> they just have the worst coach in the NBA. Yeah, and, well, and they refuse to fire him because they've got another year on his contract and their cheap-ass owner doesn't want to, you know, lose that investment. But it's like, Luke Walton sucks, okay? Get over it, rip the Band-Aid off, and get another coach, just like you guys have done the last two years. I mean, they've had no problem in the past ripping off the Band-Aid after a year or two. Now all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to stick with Luke Walton? For fucking what? Yeah. No, they owe nothing to Luke Walton. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I do think they have to lower 
the Kings, if we're talking about the Kings, I think, I think they just have to lower what they want back yeah. for Buddy Heald. I mean, they, I, think, I feel like they're going out there trying they, to get a star. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get like, like losing um, opportunity every day by not trading him. No, yeah, that's why I think, I think the Bucks should be a huge person for Buddy Heald. Um, I think it's Lopez's time to go, regardless whether they win or lose this this championship. I think his time is over. He's only going to get worse from here. His three-point shot, which was the po- huge point why the Bucks loved Lopez, is is gone. I mean, he's 34% from three this season. Yeah, it's he's old, but you you start bringing up some trade ideas um, that gets me thinking about our next segment here um, with Ben Simmons. Obviously, a hot topic in the NBA, maybe the hottest topic at the moment. What are they going to do with him over in Philadelphia? You know, they can't. Can't really keep him forever, it seems. After you got Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, their star player and their head coach, throwing him under the bus in interviews immediately after the game. That doesn't look good, especially when people claim Doc Rivers is a player coach. Well, I guess that's not so true. So, you know, what happens with Ben Simmons? There's lots of teams who will be interested in him. He's still a defensive player of the year candidate. His defense is that incredible. It's clearly a mental thing right now with scoring close to the basket. We know he can dunk. We know he can drive. That was a strength of his. The shooting is probably never going to come. But with that in mind, he's still a good player. So what do you think, man? What do, what do you got over there for some trade ideas? So I have this trade in here. I this is, I, I don't think it's I, – I think – the Blazers say no to it, but this is like the big trade everyone's talking about. Is I have CJ McCollum and R- Robert Covington going to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, George Hill, and Gary Clark. That's, I mean, everyone thinks if I'm the Trailblazers, Ben Simmons, first off, I don't think Ben Simmons can help out the Trailblazers and what they want to do. I think. Their biggest need is that coaching change. I think they need a defensive minded coach next to Lillard. Uh, like a Steve Clifford, and I think that will that's where you start off from there and then you get defensive players. I don't think you go out and just get a defensive player and expect your whole uh, scheme to change. However, certainly help their defense, but I agree, it makes more sense for Philadelphia than it does Portland. Yeah, I mean, and also. It'd be dumb for Portland to be. I, I, a lot of people say CJ is injured or whatever, injury prone. Like, yeah, still. If but if you look at it and you go out and get a second option and CJ is your third option, that's it. Like, right? Dan yeah, Miller, all those problems with CJ, you're not as worried about anymore because you know it's fine. He's giving you great points as a third option instead. You know, he's not as good as a second option, but as a third option, he's great. Right, and that's why I mean. I mean, if Cat ever comes available, I think that's that's who I, that's who would be a perfect fit there. Yeah. Assuming there's a good defensive scheme already. Are they even trade for Cat? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to get into that. I don't have anything nearly enough. That's another day. What's another? What's another offer you got over there? So this one I actually think is it's pretty fair. I think the 76ers would like it. It's uh the Philadelphia 76ers are getting Kristaps Porzingis, Maxi Kleba, and Dorian Finney-Smith. For Ben Simmons, George Hill, uh, Tucker, and Anthony Tolliver. It does look weak on the Mavs side. However, the Mavs get the, a defensive player they want, and they get uh, 
I mean, if he'll come out and score, I think Luka's going to make it a lot easier for Ben Simmons. I mean, they, the 76ers don't have another true playmaker next next to them. Like Ben Simmons is the playmaker, and it's made clear that he can't make his own shot. That's why with with Luka, I think it's I think that's perfect. And the 76ers get Kristaps, assuming he's healthy. They're putting and Kleba. They're putting shooters around Embiid. You get I mean Kristaps plays decent defense. Guy can't rebound for his life, apparently. <laughs> apparently it's really hard to rebound when you're 7'2". I, I didn't know about that, but they get shooting around a bead. They get a potential number two next set. Now, I, I would take them over. The Kristaps, assuming fully healthy, Ben Simmons and Kristaps, I would take Kristaps if I was the 76ers. I just think the Sixers need a guard. They need a star guard so bad. They don't need another big... You know, they need a guy who can have the ball in his hands, bring the ball up the court, and at the end of the games, take over if he needs to, and throw an oop to, to Embiid. If they get Porzingis, all it's going to do is stand out by the perimeter and wait for a pass to get his three. And yeah, they do need shooting, so that, you know, isn't the worst thing, but I just think, yeah, um, Porzingis doesn't really give a shit, you know. Like you said, he's 7-2, he doesn't give a shit about rebounding. He doesn't, he doesn't want to, I mean, he seems to be afraid of contact, so I don't, I don't see that, that getting better. Um, he's, I don't know, he's probably going to get injured again. He's too skinny, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. I don't got high hopes for that guy, so I don't love that package. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just hard. I guess I really like that package, but here's here's one I think actually is, is pretty nice. Actually, let's go to you for a few. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so one that, that I thought would be a good idea was some kind of a package for Zach Levine. Now, I'm not sure exactly the parameters that would make it make the most sense, but I would think a Simmons and a Tyrese Maxey for Zach Levine is fair, and it helps out both teams. I don't know if the Bulls would be super thrilled to get rid of Zach, but maybe Zach puts a little bit of pressure on them that he wants to leave. I think his contract is ending soon and he's going to get a big deal. You know, the Bulls got to think about that. And I think the Sixers would be very excited to match up a one-time All-Star who could average 27 a game next to Embiid. That sounds like fun to me. That's actually a really good fit. I, I really like that trade. Um, and it's still, it fits both their timelines. It's just swapping one for the other. However, same thing with Portland. The Bulls just don't have a good defensive scheme. I don't think it's going to help them any. Mm-hmm. However, you can't go wrong. I mean, Zach Levine already looks unhappy. It's it's an eventual cascade that will happen where he'll ask for a trade, and then you'll have less leverage because more teams will give you less. I think that's a really nice fit. And Tyrese Maxey is just he's, he's a great out. It might be, yeah, might be the right time. I mean, Simmons should be on a rebuilding team so he can figure his shit out. And Levine wants to be on a contending team because he's ready to get to that next level. And putting him next to Embiid and great defenders like Matisse Thibel and, um, I mean, I guess you're getting rid of Ben Simmons, but, um, they, I mean, it would, and Tobias Harris, he's a decent defender. I think it would be a fun, a fun team. And, yeah, that would be really good. So I've got that one as an option. And then the other one I was thinking of, you know, just because – I'm a Timberwolves fan. I'm optimistic that they are going to go after someone this year. So I like to talk about Simmons maybe coming to the Wolves. And I think 
Um, some kind of a Malik Beasley package is fair. Beasley and a, probably a top five protected first. The Wolves currently have no defense. We really could use him at a power forward spot, and he wouldn't need to be the first, second, or third scoring option here. It's just up to if the Sixers think that's enough compensation because Malik Beasley hasn't had enough games to prove it. He's in jail right now. Um, but he's an awesome shooter. And... Um, you know, you know, give them a first-round pick. pick. Maybe they maybe they see some more value in that. It kind of depends on what other offers are out there too. I think I also think like a fair trade, like a J. You'd have to attach Jaden and Malik to even get them to think about it. I just think yeah, it, it, it's the perfect scenario of like they want they think he's as good as D'Lo. Timberwolves won't think he's as good as D'Lo because the role there he's going to be buying into is the fourth fifth option on that team depending upon who they keep so I, I just don't think they'll come and meet in the middle anywhere because you should not give up D'Lo for Ben Simmons it kind of defeats the purpose of it all yeah to me that's too much but I mean if they did it I wouldn't be angry I'd be like alright let's see let's see what it does yeah if they, if they did it I would, I would be fine with it but yeah I think it'd be too early to pull a plug on D'Lo and He's way better offensively, so it's yeah, it would just be remaking the team entirely, so it wouldn't really make sense. But um, excited to see where he goes, regardless. So, do you have any more? I have two more. Okay. Uh, we can. They're not too big. Uh, actually, this is my favorite. Is uh, the 76ers would get Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles, and they would just send Ben Simmons to the Jazz. I think this solves. Takes a lot less playmaking off of the back of Donovan Mitchell, it, but it also enough playmakers that will create Ben Simmons' shot. Bogdanovich is very inconsistent this season. One thing is that he, the guy, can shoot and create for his own shot, which the 76ers would like. And Joe Ingles is just—I mean, he was Sixth Man of the Year contender. Like, I think they would love to have him, and he's always been a solid three-point shooter. I think it's not the value they think. They would get back, but I think it's enough value where it would be fine. I mean, they yeah. they could put in a lottery first first round pick, the Jazz would, and get Ben Simmons. I think that would be fair. Trade reminds me of the Minnesota trading Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia, and they got Covington and Sarge back. You know, it's not quite the same, but at the time, Sarge was still seen as a, a first-round pick from a couple of years before that, had some good value as a young power forward, and Covington, great defender with defensive first-team all-defense type defense and uh, decent three. That's kind of what, what that reminds me of, even though Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles are, is a better package than that. So I don't hate that. It kind of depends on, on what's out there, but... I think I think that would be good too. Yeah, it's definitely a win now move because both these guys are both of them are over thirty and it's so hard to do. Players and they're locked in for a couple of years or at least Bogdan is, and it would help out your shooting a lot. Yep, I think Joe Ingles has one year left, and after this season, Joe will have one year left, and Bogdanovich has two more years. And I mean, it's not the worst. Bogdanovich is making seventeen million. Seventeen million. It's not the worst. He's worse than yeah, honestly. So. So my last trade, I, I didn't put specifics into it, but it's a Kyle Lowry for Ben Simmons swap. Love it. Yeah, I think I, I think you get a lot. Of, I think the Raptors would have to add a little more in on their side. Yeah. But you you get that point guard that you were talking about earlier. It's yeah, but if they can work out a sign and trade and 
you know, if the Raptors have to give up another young player and a pick, I think it's worth it, and they both would, would do that. Yeah, I mean, us. You'd like to think like that'd be the perfect fit for the 76ers. They'd be like, yeah, we'll take that. Or they might have to put in like uh, Malachi, that, that, that young point guard who was pretty good. good. Oh, might have Malachi to throw him in there. Yeah. I would think uh, you might have to include Boucher. Boucher, really? I. But, you know, they probably want a guard, so maybe, maybe not him. But I just think that Ben Simmons is a little more valuable than a sign-and-trade for Kyle Lowry. But I, I, I love the idea of that. Like, Kyle Lowry needs to get to the Sixers because that's a great fit. And Ben Simmons with Jalen Suggs and, you know, um, Pascal Siakam and OG and Obi. I like it. You, you would imagine he would be a, a three or four with Obi. I mean, Obi could play three or four, and Siakam would be a three or four, so somebody would have to move to the bench. I mean, maybe... Yeah. So, I, 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 that's it for my trades, but I think cool. Those are good. Yeah, those are good. So, now on to the last segment of our show here. We've got um, a hot take. So, sizzling straight from the pan, man. I've got two hot takes for you. Uh, my first one is the Nuggets are going to be the number one seed in twenty uh, in this next season, 2021-2022, but they're going to have disappointing playoffs, which will lead them to looking for a second star to pair with Jokic. Maybe Beal or Butler. Wow. Uh, I mean, you think it's going to take them a – they have to make it to the playoffs again to try to, try to trade out? Uh, I assume you would mean Jamal's in that trade. Yes. You think it's going to take them a whole another year to get there? I think they're there now. I think they're there open now? there now. If if they're, I don't, like teams are there yet. I don't know if Jimmy. I no. Okay, so I don't think Jimmy's available. I think Beal. I think the Wizards would be open to pulling the trigger finally on Beal if they if they hear look at it. They're like willing to pull the trigger, but I'm hoping they will be eventually. Yeah, I mean, if the Nuggets were like, here's a pick, Jamal Murray and Bol Bol. I mean, how do you? What else are you gonna get for Bradley Beal, right? I, yeah, the Wizards should be happy with that. I mean, you get a young, young and up and coming star, hopefully, in Jamal Murray. You got Bol Bol, who could, you know, be a solid player, hopefully, and he's he's entertaining. People are excited to watch him. And then, you know, I think at least one first round pick. Yeah, but yeah, if they got Bradley Beal, man, fuck. I yeah, I think. Uh, I, I think that would be a, a good. I still don't think they're there yet for for winning a championship. If they do that, but I think they're close. Oh, if they did that, they're right there. They're the like best team in the West. Probably. They're like two role pieces away. No, I think that, that's what I think. Because they were the three seed this last year, and they lost Jamal Murray. What like with twenty five games ago at least. Yeah, it's just their defense hasn't been that great. It, it, and that's kind of like what didn't help them. I mean, Jokic actually played way better defense this this season. That's, I mean, he won MVP for not just because of his playmaking, but because, like, he was able to hold it down, like, defensively, and that's kind of always been his biggest problem. So. Shit, maybe the Nuggets should get Ben Simmons. <laughs> I mean, they have enough shooting. You'd like to think, and I mean Jamal. If Jamal Murray wasn't injured, I think we'd be talking. That'd be one of the biggest trades we'd be talking about. Is Jamal Murray for Simmons? Interesting. So, I like that. I think. I think that's a hot take. I think they're there now, though. No, that's why it's a hot take. I suppose it's a little off from you, but you like it. 
Uh, my uh, next, next hot take, take is, is this draft, draft class, class is going to be better than the 2018 draft class. Wow. Wow. Well, I will say it has the potential. <laughs> Just like every other draft class. However, oh. well, 2018, that, uh, that, that was Tatum and Mitchell, right? Yeah. I, I mean, nobody saw Mitchell coming. However, people saw... Tatum, they were hype about Tatum. They're hype about Lonzo Ball. That could, that's obviously totally different than how they'll end up. I just think the hype going in this one is I'm not sorry, nearly yeah. as much. No, as it was the the draft I meant was uh, 2018, but that was the DeAndre Ayton Luka Doncic draft. This draft will be better than that. Yeah, that's what uh, I said. Yeah, I mean it's it's very. I mean Ayton, Trey Young, and. Uh, Aiden, yeah, Trey Young, Trey Young, Dockage. I mean, um, Wendell Carter, Colin Sexton's good. Shea, Shea is out of that draft. Miles Bridges, uh, Michael Porter Jr. There's some really good players. Um, see, it's Devontae Graham was a second rounder. Jalen Brunson's a second rounder. I mean, they're just role players at this point, but obviously, guys that. Or looking like, like their stars in this league guaranteed for a long time is Luca, Trey, and DeAndre. And that's pretty it's solid, solid for them, and, and Shea's probably going to become a star someday too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Shea's there. I think he's already a star, but how, he's it's just he needs to win, start winning to get that recognition. Uh, yeah. So you think like all in all they'll be better players and more of them, or do you think there's just going to be a... I say, like, overall perception is going to be better, you know? Like, when you think about historic drafts, you think about the one LeBron was in, 04, 05, whatever year that was, same as Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, Chris Boss. People think of it as a great draft because of the stars that were in it. So, it probably, and probably what I mean is there's going to be more stars that come out of this draft. So, that would be a more direct. I think... Well, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, just, I mean, Luca's the face, face of the NBA, and five in five years it's Luca. Yeah. There's no LeBron's. LeBron's gone. Luca. Luca's the face. And I. I just. Kane's great. I just think he's not going to be like that. Or, or Trey Young. You saw what he could do this year. I think he's. I, mean, I hate to say the next Steph Curry because he's not, but he's that level where he's gonna. He's that guard that. You don't want to be scared to see that matchup. Next Kyrie Irving, I mean, yeah, next Kyrie. He's gonna be, he's gonna be the top three point guard for a long time in this league. Yeah, for sure. Same with Luka. We talked about eight. Now he's coming up. I mean, Bagley and J- Triple J are nah. not good. <laughs> yeah, nah. But uh, Brunson's become a good player. But I think it's those top three that you really want to talk about because they they turned out that way. And I, when I think of it, I'm looking at it now. I'm like. Jalen Green, Suggs, uh, Mobley. It has the potential to get up there with obviously Cunningham too. I just, I just don't think they'll reach that level. I think they'll be good, but I don't think they'll get that those franchise superstars that they got. Aiden's not a superstar yet. I think he can get there. I think yeah, he's, I mean he's gonna be a great player for a long time at the very least. So. I don't, I don't know. We'll see we'll it. We'll see how it goes. That's why it's a hot take. You're not going to be able to hold me to it until like another 20 years from now, or at least another five. Um, so, you know, I don't feel too bad about that. 
but that, that just about wraps up our, our show here. here. Um, unless you got any other top burning topics, I think we're gonna call that a wrap. So thanks for tuning in to the inaugural Dalton and Alec shebang, and we'll see you next time. All right.